so will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we hold this scripture alongside current events, we certainly have reason to stop forgiving. Russia and Ukraine, all of the torturous behaviors in Nigeria, suffering throughout the world, disruptive governments, dishonest governments, poverty in the streets due to them, whoever they are, and the list goes on and on. So the normal person, the average person listening to the events of the day can say, Jesus must be a little wacko. How can we keep forgiving? We get tired of forgiving. Jesus reminds us that our forgiving one another is modeled on how his Father forgives each of us. Big infractions, small infractions, big sins, little sins. If we ask forgiveness of the Father, he forgives us. And he expects us to do the same. And he reminds us through the Holy Scriptures and through the book of Sirach that, you know, life is in our hands. The book of Sirach reminds us, remember your last days and set enmity aside. Because we're all going to wind up in front of God and we all have to make a report to God as to how we lived our lives. Now, any of us, I'm sure anyone in church right now could easily say, oh, there's someone I can't forgive. You don't know what he or she did to me. There's no way I can forgive that. Well, think about the lack of forgiveness. Jesus refers to it. It's something that eats us away. The person who is not forgiven probably has no reaction to your lack of remorse or your lack of willingness to forgive him. But we who hold a grudge create cancer within ourselves, the cancer of hate. And it doesn't fade. It permeates everything we do. Well, say there's only one person I hate, I don't forgive, but everybody else I'm all right with. Well, that little one person can be the, the key to our everlasting life or condemnation. That one person can educate us as to how to respect all people or none at all. That one person against whom we have a great animosity or lack of forgiveness looks at us and smiles and walks away. Whereas we who hold on to the anger and lack of forgiveness get worn away. You know that. It doesn't bother them, it bothers us. And then we come to church and it bothers us even more so because Jesus says we've got to forgive. And he gives us this great example. It's so, it's, it's so out of ordinary. A man owes the master thousands and thousands of dollars. It's a great, huge number, they say. 
The man, because in his time, one could sell themselves into slavery. Really, you could sell yourself into slavery, become somebody else's slave, and get money out of that. Master says, sell him, his wife, his children, and his property because I want my money back. So he had complete right to do that. It's not our style, I hope. It's not our way of life. It's not our belief system. But yet you know slavery exists throughout the world right now under those same conditions. Human trafficking, the root of slavery, goes on and on. So the man who was forgiven a great deal, I mean, imagine being forgiven hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then you go outside and you see one of your fellow workers, servants, whoever they are, who owes you a fraction of what you owe the master. And you get beat up and put into jail until you pay him back, which is not going to be swift. What happens is the other servants go to the master and say, hey, listen, you know what just happened? And what happens? He brings back the unforgiving, forgiven servant. And he condemns him heartily. He tells him, after all I did for you, see, and that's, that's what happens with goodness. Sometimes we let people's good actions go in one ear and out the other. We forget their good actions. And we go back to being our own selfish selves at times. So the master says to the servant, after all I did for you, you forgot it? Let your servant go. Like I let you go. But no is the answer. So he gets condemned. Now that's a metaphor that Jesus has given us. It's beyond our comprehension, you might say, because they're not going to be sold into slavery and this and that. But he says, the Heavenly Father will treat you in the same way. And what was the way? The way was a way of respect, the way of forgiveness. And even though we're tired of forgiving over and over, let me comment on that, however. If we are in a bind and in a situation where we find ourselves forgiving the same action that's perpetrated against us over and over, <clears throat> then I think we have to look at ourselves and look at the perpetrator and realize he or she is not even asking for forgiveness. They're asking for a scapegoat. They're asking for a way to get away with it. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about we who ask for forgiveness and receive it should be willing to give it to others. He's not talking about take advantage of the system. He's not talking about get as much as you can out of the government. He's not talking about pay, playing politics. Authentic heart-to-heart -heart forgiveness he's talking about. All of this is based on how we are created. We are created in the image of God. And the way God reacts to us when we ask for forgiveness is affirmative. He gives it. 
But we better bite our tongues or slap ourselves in the face if we forget to give forgiveness to the authentic person who asks for it. Sometimes we're holding on to anger for a power play. Sometimes we're holding on to anger just to take one step up. But it's all baloney, you know that. If I hold on to anger, I'm wasting myself, my own energy, and destroying my own faith. Jesus' words. The Heavenly Father will do to you unless each of you forgives your sister and brother from your heart. We're tired of forgiving. God isn't. God's never tired of forgiving. If we authentically ask forgiveness.